You're listening to Black and White, Can We Just Talk? from Piedmont International University. Your hosts are University President Charles Pettit, as well as Sheriff and former DEA agent Bobby Kimbrough. Black and White is a program where we take current issues and provide you, the listener, with unique perspectives from two different worlds. Our hosts may not agree on everything, except that friendship and dialogue should never be constricted by societal expectations. Here are your hosts, Bobby Kimbrough and Charles Pettit. Hi, and welcome to Can We Just Talk Black and White, the Weekend Review. I'm Bobby. And I'm Charles, and this is quite a week to review. It is, it is, it is. I'd like to say hello to all our Tennessee volunteers. Hello to wherever you're listening listening from. So I'd like to say hello to everyone listening throughout the highways and the byways throughout this country. Yeah, I know we have some uh, Georgia Bulldogs and some Yellow Jackets and who knows what else. Uh, and with WDYN being online, I hear there's a lot of listeners beyond that region. So we got to be careful about those team choices that we talk about. That's true. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. I like there that. There may even be some. You may even be some Duke, Carolina, Wake Forest people listening. So uh, you're or even some WSSU. Let's not leave the HBCs out. Could be some HBCs. Right. Yeah. And Piedmont. There may be some Piedmont people. That's true. That's well. true. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I haven't asked you how it's gone this week, but has all these crazy changes and our shelter-at-home orders and the growing number of virus cases in our county, how has that affected you, the sheriff of the county? Well, you know, Doc, I, 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 um, I have to come out and get it every day, which, as a matter of fact, I love coming out serving the people. I, I am a servant of the people, so truly it has affected my life. I, I don't stay at home. I can't stay at home because— we have an office that we still must continue to run regardless of the situation of what's going on in our county, even in our country. We are first responders, so we go get it regardless. We're the people that, that when people are at home, we're in the street. When people are running away, we're running toward it. And i like to, first of all, give a shout-out to all of the first responders, all of the medical professionals, all of those people that make a difference, all of those coronavirus warriors that are out there fighting this fight this invisible fight, this invisible opponent that we're fighting. Yes. You know, uh, you're, you're, you're on the thin blue line, and uh, they are the health people, I guess you call the thin white line, and I was watching a news story about how that uh, I think every evening at 7 o'clock, people like in New York are coming out onto their verandas and out on the edge of their yard, and they're uh, cheering the, uh, the health care workers and the uh, first responders, the police and fired and so forth are actually uh, driving their vehicles, uh, going by the hospitals and so forth. And I don't know how bad it's going to get here in Winston. We have two med- two major medical facilities here. And uh, I was just wondering if you guys are going to do anything like that. Of course. As a matter of fact, today at four o'clock, we're going to surround all of the medical facilities here in Forsyth County uh, with a plethora of uh, agencies, Highway Patrol, North Carolina Highway Patrol, Winston-Salem Police Department, Sheriff's Office, as well as Kernersville Police Department. We're going to surround those hospitals, those medical units, going to uh, activate our blue lights and get out of our cars and just start clapping to show our support for them uh, to show that together we are strong, together we are undeniable and undefeatable. Uh, that is beautiful. Uh, it's uh, It's actually stirring. Uh, obviously, in, at September 11th, it was the uh, first responders rushing into those buildings and paying 
the incredible price and the toll uh, that they had to pay. And uh, and even though they're on the front lines this time, I guess the real front line is uh, would be that uh, those medical uh, and healthcare providers. So I think it's a beautiful thing that you guys are uh, honoring them. But you know, you hit something on the head. If you think about it, we've had crises throughout our history, the history of this country, and the crisis that the crises that we have had have brought us together. If you think about the wars, the World War One, Two, you think about the uh, the fall of the stock market, you think about the, the Great Depression, you think about, uh, like you just said, uh, uh, 9-11, these things have brought us together. We have come together and bond together. And now here we are again, we're fighting an invisible enemy. You know, normally when we go to war, we at war with something or a state of emergency, it usually has a face. In other words, World War One, it had a face. World War Two, it had a face. 9-11, it had a face. And here we are now, here we are now, and it does not have a face. It's the invisible enemy, as it has been called. But yet wow. we're, we're coming together. But think about this for a second. Imagine how and where we would be if we kept this same togetherness in times of peace, in times of non-state of emergencies. We're doing the ingenious things now. We're, we're coming together in ways that are that we haven't done before. We're creating systems that we've never done before. Like for an example, here we, we're, feed, we're feeding children in low income areas. We, we're going out every day on buses and taking them food. We have given all the kids in the school system here computers. You mean to tell me we could have done that all along? We could have dealt with the hunger problem. You mean to tell me we could have given computers all along. So my question becomes is, if we have the same attitude in times of peace, just imagine how great and how stronger we really could be. And I guess, you know, if you look at it from another perspective, uh, I was laying in bed last night and I said, maybe this is a test from the emergency broadcasting systems, i.e. God, in a team building exercise. Maybe this is a test from God to see what will they do when they fight an enemy that is invisible? What will they do what team will they choose? So, I mean, there's so many ways to look at this, and I guess all of us, and I do mean all of us, and I know this because my 15-year-old son said, Dad, I'll never forget this. So if a 15-year-old kid told me that, my son, I know that you, me, and our listeners, they'll never forget this, this part of their lives. Yep. Yeah, and it does, as you were just saying, it's interesting how these things, even a personal crisis, whether it be something that happens in your family, a diagnosis, uh, something unpleasant. Uh, in my own case, a, uh, a, a violence that entered my immediate family a number of years ago. Uh, it's interesting how that these kinds of times seem to just bring out the best or the worst in people. I and mean, we saw the little news story about a guy, an engineer, who rammed a train toward the hospital ship in L.A. Uh, and so forth. And uh, I guess he thought there was some kind of conspiracy or something. And he seemed to have gone crazy and he tried to attack a hospital ship with a train, uh, just brought out the worst in this person. And then all the things you're talking about, thankfully for many right now, it seems to be bringing out the best, whether it's celebrating like you're getting ready to do at four o'clock, the uh, workers at the hospital or uh, feeding, uh, feeding hungry people. I don't know why we have to wait sometimes, like you just said, for a crisis to bring these things out and why when things seem to ease off, we tend to forget. If and I, I'm not sure exactly. Maybe you have an idea of what we could do to uh, to cause us to continue to have these good things happening. Uh, one one thing I do know is that throughout history, 
these bad times have created organizations and institutions like the Red Cross, true, or even companies so true, all true. kinds that have come out. And these are the times that I read an article that said that half of all the Fortune 500 companies were created during times of depression uh, or bear markets in the stock market. These people got creative, and uh, it was during a bad time that they were actually invented. Well, you know, that, that's true. You know, you said something. If I could take a line from Shakespeare, you said these are the best of times, but yet the worst of times. <laughs> I guess for some of us, it's the best of times if you're living, the worst of times depending on what you have. And, and, and I guess even when you're going through difficult times, depending on your resources will determine the condition of the time that you're in. In other words, you can go through a situation broke or uh, poverty and someone go through the same situation who has... Uh, tons of money. It's a different experience. And so when when you talk about what is it that we can do, we can do so many things. Like for an example, we can realize once we go through this virus, once we go through this pandemic, once we go through this state of emergency, we can realize that we still need each other. We're in this together, together strong. We must remember that because at the end of the day, it's too late to realize you need me when you need a blood transfusion, or we happen to be the same blood type, it's too late to realize that you need me in a time of crisis. If you if you treat me a certain way, or if we treat each other a certain way in times of peace, imagine what it's like. Just ima- imagine that place in life where the power of love dominated the love of power and money. Mm. Imagine that. And that's sustainable and obtainable. We have so many systems in this country that it's, it's, it's no reason we're the greatest country on the planet because we have systems. We have, you know, when, when you look at the statue, bring us your, bring us your tides, your worn, bring us, bring us anybody. We accept any and everybody in this country, right? That's what has made us so great throughout the years. And I think that if we go back to, the, what our forefathers wrote, wrote, we the people, for the people, by the people. Yeah. And, you know, realize that we all in this together and what directly affect one, indirectly affects another. And if we operate from that in times of peace, there's nothing that we can't do. No giant, whether you know, it be invisible or whatever could, could stop us. Agreed. It, it's interesting to me that... Uh, <laughs> It's an interesting time for this kind of idea to be emerging because most of the country has been asked to shelter at home. Uh, and we were told, I saw an article this morning in the Winston-Salem Journal, that if you leave your home in Winston-Salem, you will most likely be exposed to the virus. It, it is that far spread across the community. And so if you so far as leave your home, there's a good chance you're going to come into exposure. And so uh, I find it interesting that it's at a time like this, that somebody is driving a bus full of food out to people who might be hungry. Back when it was safe to do it, back when you could have jumped in your car, run down to the grocery store, bought some food, and gone out and distributed it, and it would not have had, there would have been a no peril to you whatsoever. No one was doing it. But suddenly, now that it's perilous, and you might actually, if you're, if you're driving one of those buses delivering that food, you may actually come in contact with the virus. People are stepping up. Why is that? I'll tell you why that is. Because if you think about it, the guy that works in the ER, he knows that when he steps out of his house and goes into the hospital, he's exposing himself. 
the first responders, the law enforcement, the people, when they step out of their house, they know they expose themselves because them are the unsung heroes. Those are the warriors. Those are the people that allow the rest of us to enjoy uh, this thing called life, this thing called uh, the pursuit of happiness because somebody has to go do it because if not, then who would? Who would drive the bus to the have-nots and feed the people? What if the officers say, you know what, we're going on a shutdown too because we don't want to be exposed? Then who will respond to the calls? A warrior, yeah. a warrior knows that he or she must go to battle and sacrifice self if necessary. And that's the difference. That's what makes this country so great because there are warriors out here that realize that I will go even if it costs me my life. You think about it, what would make a man get off a boat and go attack the island in World War II, knowing that he's going to face the enemy and knowing that he has a high probability of dying. What makes people do that? And it's, it's, it's so many things that we could, we could talk for hours on that subject, is that the reason we are great is because of people who face battles knowing, knowing that there's a probability that they may not make it back. That's why they do it. Amen. Well, you know, Jesus said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his, his life, life for his friends. And of course, he laid down his life for all mankind so that we would have redemption and a chance of forgiveness through his atoning sacrifice, really. But second to that, you know, there's, there's the one person who actually on purpose dies for somebody else, that person who dies on the hand grenade in the foxhole. Uh, but then there's a whole lot of Americans who may not, who are hoping they're not going to get sick or die, but they are risking their lives every day. And even a lot of common people. So you got you guys, the thin blue line, the thin white line, you guys are out there every day, really in harm's way. But then I'm thinking about how many millions of Americans are suddenly in a situation where what their old routine, boring job was suddenly could be. <laughs> Uh, a life and tractor trailer drivers, you know, who, who are bringing the food across the country and the supply chain people and the grocery store workers. Those and, are and, warriors and, and, as well. Uh, yeah, you know, it's tough to be a truck driver right now. You're cross country and everything's closed. No restaurants, no grocery stores, or even closing the rest areas. I don't know what you guys are doing, what people driving through Winston-Salem. Is there a, can a truck driver find a, a place to get off and get a bite to eat? Suddenly all kinds of people are in situations where what used to be a fairly safe, seemingly safe job is now a perilous job because in addition to all those headaches, the chances are when they pull off somewhere, they're going to be facing a chance of being exposed to the germ. And yet they're doing it. They're doing their job knowing the risk. Yeah, but here's another piece. There are some people that are out there. Anybody that's out there now is a warrior, you know. But here's another piece. There are some people out there that are out there because they have to be out there. They don't have the means to stay at home. They can't afford to stay at home because so, so I was in a conversation yesterday with one of my, my team members who had been involved in a critical incident. And um, he's been out on admin leave involved in a uh, police shooting. And I asked him, he asked me the question we were talking and he said, I can't wait to come back to work. And I said, um, you can't wait to come back to work. And he said, yeah, I said, uh, why don't you just stay at home? You know, you got plenty of time. Uh, you know, this uh, COVID-19 coronavirus is going on. You could just stay at home uh, for another couple of weeks and uh, just, just take it easy. And he looked at me and he said, I couldn't do that knowing that my brothers are out here working. I couldn't do that. 
Now, see, to me, that takes a special kind of person that could stay at home or could stay out the fight, but say, you know what? I won't sit this out because my people, my brother, my sister, uh, they're out there fighting as well, and I've got to be out there with them. That takes a special kind of people to do that. You know, yeah, that, yeah that, I like that courage. It's also interesting that the opposite is kind of true as well. I mean, there's a lot of people helping our country right now because they're refusing to do what they want to do, jump in the car, go somewhere, enjoy something, do something, shop, or whatever. But maybe the way they help the country the best is to simply not be out there spreading the virus. And so I know a lot of people are having cabin fever. They're just dying to get out. They really want to get out from their house. But probably the best thing they can do right now to help the country is to not get out there and stir it around. And, and uh, maybe they, you know, maybe they are asymptomatic, but they're a carrier. Uh, but they, uh, but, you know, the, the thing they're supposed to do to help the country is nothing. And it's a hard thing to do. Well, you know, there, there is something they can do. They're, they can stay at home, but there is something else they could do. They could become a cheerleader. You know what? If they have a computer, if they have a smartphone, they can become a cheerleader for those that are out there. Be a cheerleader. If you have the ability to donate, if you have the ability to uh, clap, if you have the ability to pray, if you have the ability to uh, send kind words, it's so many things you can do while staying at home. You know, every game has cheerleaders, has fans. Be a rah-rah, you know. Cheer the people on that's out there. Send messages. Go to your Facebook. Become a cheerleader. You know, just don't sit at home and, oh, I'm sitting at home and I'm going to go through the TV channels and and do not, do something if it's nothing but pray. Do something if it's nothing but become a cheerleader. Just don't sit at That's, home. I love that. You know what? We uh, we sent all of our uh, students home. Who are, you know, we have on-campus and online students at the university, and we were blessed in a sense that we – already had online education. In fact, uh, I decided I would call uh, as many of our main campus students as possible and have a FaceTime conversation with them. So I'm calling nine a day. Every afternoon from 3 to 5.15, I'm calling nine students, and I'm having about a 10 to 12-minute FaceTime conversation with them. It's been delightful to really get to know these students a little better, but they're in their home. They're all quarantined, you know, more or less, and they're, uh, they're, they're continuing their studies at Piedmont. They're just now all doing it online. I found out that most of them were already doing some online, even the ones who live on our campus who moved home. Most of them were doing it, doing some of the work online, so it wasn't a hard transition for them. But it's, it's been an interesting blessing to me to call them, ask them how they're doing. I found out all kinds of things. I pray for my grandmother who uh, has lung cancer right now. and She's having to go to the hospital uh, during this really scary time. Pray for my grandmother. And then I, I pray for each one of them at the end of the conversation. I find out what's important to them, what's alarming or concerning to them, and we pray together. And so here I am confined to my house, but I'm actually having more interaction with our students and getting to know them more and being more of a blessing, I think, to them and vice versa. I had a, a girl yesterday. I'll give her first name. Her name is Emily. She's in Florida. And I asked her what I could pray about. And she told me, and I stopped and prayed. And I, got, I was getting ready to hang up, and she said, well, Dr. Pettit, is anybody praying for you? <laughs> and I said, well, I've talked to a lot of students these last couple of weeks, but not anyone yet. She said, well, what's going on in your life? What do you need? And I said, well, we're having to make a whole lot of decisions. I could sure use some wisdom from God. And Emily bowed her head there on our FaceTime call, and she prayed for me. And she prayed sincerely and beautifully. And I, I thought, you know, that's interesting. This, this girl has just helped this university. She's helped this president. So you're right. 
you can be sitting there at home and feeling like you can't do a thing. And maybe you shouldn't do anything out in the public. You shouldn't jump in your car and drive somewhere if, if you can help it. But, boy, there's a lot you could do. And I bet you there's going to be some things that come out of this, some ministries that are online, people who are going to reach out to the elderly. Think about all those folks confined in their in their nursing homes right now. They really can't inter- interact with their own families. Somebody's going to invent something. Somebody's going to create something. And years later, there's going to be people caring for others digitally that we've never thought to do so except for this. So true, so true, Doc. You know, I want to leave you with something. I want to share something with you. During this time, I've been spending a lot of time watching television. You know, uh, I guess HBO has extended uh, their channels at no cost to a lot of their uh, spectrum carriers. And so I love the movie The Gladiator. It's my favorite movie in the whole wide world. And so I was watching that movie, The Gladiators, and I think I've shared this many a times, where they have reached the Roman theater and they're standing there and Maximus, who is the star of the movie, is standing there with the rest of the gladiators and they're saying, looking at each other and everyone is scared, everyone is scared and Maximus looks at them and he says this, no matter what comes through that door, no matter what comes through that door, we must stand together and we must stay together if we are to survive it. And many a times, right, we talk about God never give a, gave us immunity to nothing, but we cannot be afraid of it because whatever the it is that we're facing, no matter what it is, we must face it knowing that we cannot be afraid of it and knowing that if we stand together and we pray together that God will get us through our it, no matter what our it's may be, whether it's the coronavirus, your it could be whatever you want it to be that you're struggling with. Just pray I think that's and a good stand thing together. To end. I think it's a great thing to end with. And, you know, we call this thing black and white because you're black and I'm white. Or actually, we're both shades of brown. But anyway, that's your shade is a little true. darker than mine. But uh, <laughs> uh, we, we call this black and white because we think it's about time in our country and in our world where a black guy and a white guy can talk about some things. After we get past this coronavirus, we're going to talk about all kinds of things. Uh, we're going to have some on, on-air debates and all that. But at the same time, what we're finding is that we can have those discussions, we can disagree, and we can come together at the same moment. So I'd like to encourage all of our listeners today to think about some group or person uh, or organization or whatever, some, something that you could come together with. I, had a, I have a family member, I won't mention which one right now to protect the innocent, but I had a family member who had a phone call from an aunt, and uh, there were these two aunts that have hated each other for years. And in the middle of this crisis, one of them is sick, and they've decided to get get over their anger and hatred and bitterness for all these years. They have uh, spoken to each other. They've forgiven each other. And for the first time in decades, they're now starting to love each other the way they should. Maybe this will be the time for our listeners to think about who it is, what group it is, where was, was there a little angst, a little division, and let's use this moment to overcome that and come together and be more like Christ. I like that. I like that. Well. All right. I think our time is up. Until we talk again, this is black and white. Can we just talk the weekend review? May God continue to smile upon you. Have a great rest of your week. Be safe out there. You've been listening to Black and White. Can we just talk from Piedmont International University located in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Piedmont is a Christ-centered university committed to exceptional teaching, scholarly research, 
creative innovation, and professional collaboration. You can find out more at piedmontu.edu. 